Well, who's enjoying the sunshine? It's pretty good, isn't it? And both Port and the Crows have won, so pretty much, you know, it's, it's a good weekend for whichever side you're on. And um, yeah, we're looking forward to some nice warm weather and some soup and whatever else. Well, isn't God good? You know, sometimes <laughs> it's surprising that no matter how long you're a Christian for, it's actually refreshing to be reminded that God is actually really, really good. And he wants really, really good things for us. And it um, doesn't matter what we're going through or what the situation might seem, he actually desires goodness to flow through us and in us. And um, I often find on a Sunday morning just coming in an atmosphere of worshipping for a little bit is a good refresher and reminder of how good God is when we worship him again and, and when we begin to stir that up. Um, but yeah, I just want to pray for a couple of minutes and uh, see what God wants to do, basically. Is that okay? All right. I'll take that. All right. <laughs> well, Lord, we thank you. We thank you this morning that you are here. And we thank you that you are so good and that you love us, and that you want to do good things in us this morning. And Lord, I pray that you would deposit in us your treasures of heaven, your goodness, your words of truth, your life, your encouragement. And Lord, wherever we're lacking, Lord, that you would lift us up, lift us up, lift our eyes to see you and to hear you and to know your voice over us. And Lord, I pray that you would release faith even in this room today. And Lord, that even as we come before you today, Lord, we pray that you would release greater realms of understanding, greater awareness of your kingdom, which is everywhere, all around us, of your goodness, of your power that surpasses every other power going on around us in the world today. And Lord, we stand in that authority. We stand in that knowledge today. And we ask you to release that in this place, in our lives today, in Jesus' name. Well, we can go. All right. <laughs> um, the reason I'm just hanging is just because um, I just like to just see if God's got something a little bit different for us in any given morning because, you know, I don't know about you, but I get bored with routine, right? So um, if we just do the same thing every Sunday, for me, that's, I'm not really doing what I'm meant to do. So, um, but, and if, if I can't see Karen right now, but that's thrown me a bit because I wanted just to, ah, oh yeah, I can see where she is. Anyway, um, so I was just sort of stalling, but that's okay. I'll, I'll see where I go from here. I want to tell you just um, about a couple of things that are going on um, that we're planning and that God is sort of stirring us for um, as a church. And, and it's one of those interesting things, always trying to hear from God about what, what, how do we build, how do we um, do what you're wanting us to do in, in an expression of a family in this kind of environment. And, um, and so it's one thing that Karen and I and even us as pastors gathering and just talking through things, we're really feeling an excitement for 2016, for next year. 
And it's often something that's said because it's a, a distance off and we sort of look forward to a new year. But um, for us, we feel like there's some significant breakthrough and significant new ground that we're going to, obviously with Odinga Church, but also in other areas that we're going to advance in the God's kingdom work here. And um, one of the areas with our um, prayer houses is really to pray into those things, to ask the Lord to go before us and really plow the ground so that when we, when we go to Aldinga, there'll be a real awakening in that area and, and an excitement, but also in some other areas. And um, we've been uh, blessed with a team of guys who are really good at media. And so next year, we're really going to take a leap of faith in the area of media and start producing um, really professional uh, quality programs from this house and, um, and put it out there. And so, um, and there's other things that God's just showing us to continue building and releasing what God's doing here, you know, out. And, uh, and in one of those ways, uh, in fact, Ryan's going to come in a second and just share one of the ways that, that he's been leading some people on the street. So come and do that now. And there's some exciting stuff going on. Yeah, cool. So we had the third Thursday treasure hunt that we started on Thursday last week. It was very exciting. And Linda and Kylie came out, so I thought that they could share briefly on um, their experience to encourage others to come out next month. So, do you want to come out, Linda and Kylie? <coughs> Morning, church. Oh, who's hungry? I'm really hungry today. I'm just like fired up. Um, this isn't anything to do with what I'm talking about, but <laughs> I got the privilege of being prayed for by a Bethel person last night, and I'm just like, I'm changed. I'm just changed. And she happens to be a um, supernatural student who's an intern, same as me, and she just downloaded all this stuff onto me, and I'm going, wow. But um, Treasure Hunt on Thursday was amazing. There was only us three... And I would encourage and challenge you, please come out. If you can't physically, please pray and intercede because it's an amazing harvest out there. Colonnades is open. It's ripe. People have open hearts like you would not believe. And I'm a shy... No, I'm not. I'm a bold as a lion. <laughs> I'm bold as a lion. And with Ryan, he will just challenge you and put you right on the spot. Give a word of knowledge to that person. Give a word of knowledge... Right, okay. So what we did, we... Um, oh, a bit nervous. Um, no, I'm not. <laughs> right, okay. So we met here at five o'clock and we had some prayer and downloaded some things and had some clues. And then we hit the road and I had a clue of something green like a hedge, like a, a broad thing. And so Ryan said, let's meet at the boost. I said, well, there's two boosts. Which one? So Kmart. So we met at Kmart. We all went individually and um, started looking around. We couldn't see anything that was relevant. So we kept walking. We walked into Kmart and I saw this couple out of the corner of my eye and they both had dreads. She had that really vibrant red hair. He had long hair, like Seth, gorgeous. But, you know, it's like um, there was something about them. So they were just looking at toys and I went, oh, I just went up and introduced myself and said the, their names and our names, where we're from. 
we're doing a treasure hunt and God has highlighted you to us and turned around at Ryan happened to know the guy it was amazing first student teacher so that was awesome so we had a bit of a chat from Wyala so so that was like okay God you're doing something here and then um we wandered through and then we went outside well there's a whole lot of kids that hang around outside that are just it's sad it just it broke my heart because there's people out there that need Jesus so much and I wasn't bold enough but Kylie who's going to share in a minute went up to somebody then we went back inside and followed this young girl who was actually um she had a bandage over her hand and we knew that there was healing going to be happening that um Thursday so Kylie and I followed this girl who had a bandage around her hand and she was pushing this child I said she's not going to stop we just kept following following on <laughs> and um she eventually stopped and her mum came up and I said um we'd like to pray for your daughter and she I said is it okay we always ask permission can we lay hands on you is it okay we always ask we don't just presume that it's okay so um, mum said yes she's old enough to make her own choices we laid hands on her and prayed for healing and we asked her between one and ten what did she feel she said I felt heat and she said um, between one and ten I felt it came down to four well okay we'll pray again she said it went down to one and it's hardly ever there it's she said I can move it and it feels really great so praise God and with a yeah yeah and and then actually I they got talking to this family it says you get to love on people and I just said can I just pray for you one more time and I did and I said um how much has it gone down now and she said one which means full 100% recovery so yeah from eight pain to to nothing with a bandage and um we also sat down with a group of teenagers and we're just chatting to them loving on them and words of knowledge just flowing really naturally in conversation these guys were stepping out and um building up trust and eventually led them to Jesus and they accepted Jesus into their lives and I got their contact numbers and want to invite them to the culture night we're doing and so that was awesome and I sent them a text message later so we're going to keep in contact with these guys down at colonnades as well because they're they're hungry to talk to people and Kyle's going to share about um, another girl she chatted with. Yeah, the girl, um, when we went outside, I just saw the kids there and I thought, oh, they're just like sheep without a shepherd. And I just, my heart just went out to them. And um, I just saw a girl sitting on her own smoking and I just went up to her and just started talking to her. And um, I think, I'm pretty sure God led me to her because she had a church background, but um, she didn't know what being a Christian was or anything. And she thought about going back to church and um, I told her about Harvest and she was interested, but she said she needed a ride. So <laughs> um, I gave him my number and everything and told her about the youth and stuff. But then I felt I needed to go further with her. So I felt God prompting me to actually lead her to Jesus. I asked her, you know, can I lead you to Jesus? She said, oh, I've got five minutes. I have to be like, work. oh, we can do it. <laughs> so she prayed the prayer, prayer with me. Like I went through like, you know, what she needed to do. So she prayed the prayer after me and she was just like really open. And yeah, it was just really... It was really great. <laughs> I wanted to take her number two, but I didn't know if it was appropriate. She was only 16, but hopefully she'll call me. You can pray for her. Excellent, excellent. So that, yeah, give them a big round of applause. Absolute champions. 
Thank you so much for your courage. And I hope you're inspired to come out next time. And we want to build relationship with a lot of the kids that meet there Thursday night and, yeah, on the weekends. Get to know them, even the most hardcore of the hardcore down there, and love on them and lead them to Christ, connect them here, and just even adopt them. And so congratulations. You guys are part of this work. And you're going to be known. Harvest Australia Church is going to be known for looking like Jesus. And these kids were like, thank you so much for telling me we've never had someone talk to us like that before and you made it so easy and easy to understand thank you you know um because yeah Jesus is not a South Park or a family guy or a Ned Flanders Jesus well my brother said I like Ned he's a great guy but yeah (laughs) but you know Jesus is real he's relevant he's alive he's inside of you he wants to come out of you he wants the world to see him in you and so we're going to go out and just just be normal you know normal Christians (laughs) And to chat to people and see what comes out of that. And it usually is a supernatural thing that just is a byproduct of loving people, like a healing or a word of knowledge. And I'm t- we're talking about serious, like these hardcore girls came over as well and we just went straight for the jugular and um, they, they, they were known in that place and they felt, wow, you know, there's someone that actually cares about us out there. So, yeah, um, very exciting, guys. The southern suburbs, and I haven't seen anything like this um, that's happening particularly down um, from Christie's Beach to Port Nalunga and Colonnades area. So, guys, get ready. Seriously, the time is now, actually. So, yeah, even, even today, if you find yourself just um, talking to someone and there's, like, a connection, just go a bit further like um, Kylie did. So I really want to exhort you to do that. Praise Jesus. Awesome. Fantastic. Part of our um, prayer houses, which at next outpouring, we're going to have basically one big practice prayer house. Okay, so, and we're going to just teach on that. I want to show some video of James Gole and some other guys like that on praying into a region, praying over our people. So I'd love as many of you as possible to come to our next outpouring night, which is not this Wednesday, the one after, to really get... The, the DNA of what we want to achieve and what we want to see with prayer houses. And so, um, you know, we might even put on a kid's movie or something in the room. So if you bring your kids, they can be occupied. But, you know, if you can come on that night, we really want to make this intentional prayer, not just sort of, oh, well, we'll see what happens. And if a few people rock up, then that's okay. And, uh, but we actually want to break ground. We want to go for it. We want to see bigger things. We want to see greater things. And, um, and so one of the greatest ways Jesus teaches us to do that is to pray. And so um, I want to even challenge us to, to really be thinking about prayer in our Christian walk. And so if, if, if as a church prayer is not a major part of what we do, we've got to assess what we're doing, don't we? And so this is why for me, Um, gathering and then sending people to homes to be praying over our region and ministry and neighbors and all those different things that we that we can for me this is a pivotal part of what we've got to be cultivating as a house and so um, I want you to really think about that and and I won't let up on it I'll keep going I'll keep keep encouraging because I think it's something that we've got to be really stirred about anyway so today I want to um, talk briefly about 
Um, and I have, an, a few years ago, I think, talked on this same um, topic, but living in both realms, the natural realm and the spiritual realm. And it's something that I often, um, I suppose, assess and try to work out um, how much do we do of this and how much do we do of that, how, how spiritual are we meant to be all the time, 24-7, and then how, how do we fulfill our natural functions, maybe in our job or at work or at school, at uni, uni or whatever it might be. And so for me, this is often a bit of a tangent that I, that I go between to work out how do we do life really well in the natural and yet be filled and overflowing in the spirit? And in our spiritual lives, um, because, you know, most of you will know at, at work or at uni or wherever you associate with unbelievers, they're not really that keen on hearing about maybe how great church was yesterday or how much you believe in the Bible or, or this sort of stuff. And so all of a sudden we go from one world today where everyone gets us and no one thinks we're strange by worshipping or loving Jesus. And then all of a sudden maybe Monday hits or Wednesday or whatever, whenever you encounter the natural world around us and we're reminded, oh, okay, not everyone thinks like that. How am I now meant to act in that environment? How do I carry the kingdom of God in that environment? What does it look like to carry the kingdom of God that looks really good for us here on a Sunday? How do we carry that into the world around us? And so, and this has definitely been something for me because in our first couple of years of pastoring, I was still CEO of our, of our uh, business. And so I would often be thinking to myself, well, it's great if I'm preaching something on a Sunday, but it's got to actually work on a Monday. It really does have to work during the week because it's, it's no good if, uh, you know, I'd just be a hypocrite or a fake if I'm just coming up with all sorts of good stuff on a Sunday, but then it, none of it really works. No one understands it during the week. And so there's, there's almost this quandary, I find, um, that if, if, if I go down one tangent... And, and I stay on that strongly, I then find myself having to find, where's Jesus in this? And I think that's the good question to, to ask in any, in any situation. Where is Jesus? What does he look like in this situation? And what is he asking me to do in this situation? How do I carry myself in that natural realm when it doesn't seem like it's really working or people understand me? How does that look? What language do I speak? And so... These are all the questions, and maybe none of you ask these questions. Maybe this is just one of those weird and wonderful things that comes up in my head from time to time. Um, but I want to encourage us today um, that I think one of the things that... Um, I'm just trying to find the right words so that I, so that I do this justice, okay? Um, in fact, let's go to Romans chapter 8 to do it justice. Romans chapter 8. I am going to jump. You're probably not going to be able to follow me. I'm going to jump and, and join up Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Then I'm going to go to Romans chapter 8, 28, and then Romans chapter 8, 37. So the same chapter, but I'm going to jump from 1 to 28 to 37. And I'm going to put it together, and this is a summary of what I want to say today. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. 
and verse 28. And we know that in all things God who, who works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his Son, that he might be the firstborn of many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. And 37, no, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor, the, nor angels or demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that is like a defining line for us in whatever realm we walk, no matter how strange it may be, those three little snippets. The first one is life through the Spirit. Wherever we are, whatever we do with our, um, with our humanity that He's given us and our daily lives and our giftings and our talents, whatever we do, if we do it in the Spirit, even though we carry it out in our natural bodies, it's going to then project Jesus Christ onto people. Or people, when they look at us, they're going to see Jesus Christ. And that's what Romans chapter 8, verse 1 is talking about. It's through Jesus Christ that we are born again. It's through Jesus Christ that we have life. It's through Him that we have anything to offer anyone. We have nothing really that good to offer anyone else other than Him. And... Then, like me, maybe some of you have felt that no matter how good we maybe try to do that and depict Jesus and pray and do all these things, but then there's, there's opposition, there's things that come against us. Maybe our own thoughts, maybe other people, maybe comments, maybe the circumstances around us. And that's when we go to Romans um, chapter 8, 28. And we know that in all things God works for good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So it doesn't matter what you're going through, God is at work in your life. He's at work in your circumstances right now. Maybe some of you aren't looking forward to tomorrow. Maybe you're not looking forward to Wednesday or Thursday. Maybe there's something coming in the next month. You know when you have one of those events that you know is on the calendar and it's a little way off? And it's one of those events that you're just dreading, you know, you're dreading. It's, it, maybe it's a doctor's checkup or something like that, uh, or, or just something that maybe a, a circumstance, a relational thing that you need to sort out and, and get right, or a job interview, or, or maybe just things that you're a little bit unsure of. When we have those things ahead of us, we need to recognize God's already at work in them. He's already at work. He's gone ahead of you. He's predestined the situation, if you like. And then, to sum it all up, and this really wraps, wraps it all up, Romans chapter 8, 37 says, No, in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. See, it's good to know that we are more than conquerors, but we need to know who we're conquerors through. We're not conquerors in and of ourselves. That's pride. That's humanity. We're conquerors through Him. And when we get our eyes on ourselves and we look at our situations and our weaknesses and our faults and our problems, then we begin to be consumed by those things. But when we look that actually anything good that I can achieve anyway is only through Jesus Christ, we then realize that our conquering is His conquering. Because He conquered, we conquer. 
And because he's already conquered the worst of the worst, our situation isn't all that bad. But even though it does feel bad at the time and it looks dark and gloomy and it's difficult circumstances maybe, Jesus Christ is already victorious in that. He's already. It says that in all things we are more than conquerors. Maybe it doesn't say here, you, you know, might be off in the distant future. We are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. For I am convinced that neither death nor life. You think about how much time we, we worry about death, death, death and life. We worry a lot about these things, don't we? But Jesus Christ is already the conqueror over those things. Angels or demons, neither the present nor the future. We spend a lot of time plotting and planning for the future, don't we? And I think that there's a right element to do that, of building an inheritance and building wisdom and, and all of these good things. But at the end of the day, Jesus is already the conqueror over anything we can achieve anyway. And it doesn't matter how high or how deep, we may feel really, really lonely or really, really sick or really, really depressed, or any of these things that as humans we encounter from time to time. But in the depths of the depths, we are more than conquerors. It may be something that, and I know for me, sometimes you know, if I'm feeling down or not seeing what I want to see, then often I will just recite the same simple scripture over and over and over again. And, and this might be one of your mantras that you take. If you find a dark place in the next little while, you might want to say, No, in all these things, I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. And it doesn't matter what we're going to face in the time. Now, some people, uh, you know, you will get some even preachers or writers, you know, who now are seeing the doom and gloom of the world and they'll really put it out there in a way that's very, very fear-based. And that's because people, if, if we live under that realm of law and if we, if we take it from an avenue of teaching in the sense of teaching what is right and what is wrong, then of course we're going to see a lot of things that are happening in the world today uh, as wrong and if we see that from a teaching element, there's either right or wrong in teaching, isn't there? And so from a teaching, someone who is a very good biblical teacher might look at the world and say, that is wrong, therefore it's condemned, and therefore it's, it's a very harsh word. And I don't want to dampen that down, but Jesus came to save those that we may be condemning. So, so his message to them is life. His message to them is, is not, I'm going to remind you of all of the wrong you're doing right now. They don't need to hear that message because they don't have a grid of right and wrong like a Christian does. Because they're pre the cross. You only see right and wrong the different way after the cross. And so we who are after the cross, we can see very clearly right and wrong maybe. But if we stand as teachers and tell everyone what they're doing as wrong, no one's going to run to that. No one's going no to run to the detention class. I can see Mr. Sir Fontaine having words. I, I wonder what he's saying right now. <laughs> 
Who wants to be in the detention class? If Christian Christianity's message today is, you guys are wrong, go to detention, the last thing they want to do is join us and join our God. And so we need so much of him, don't we? You know, sometimes... You know, and I, I get reminded of that in, in my frailty and what, when, even when I'm praying and seeking the Lord, I'm like, man, it's, it's, it's a confused world out there, isn't it? It is one massive confused world. And no one's got the, the perfect way of, of doing this. But a message of love, not accepting every sin and saying it's okay, but a message of love as the first and foremost, surely that's a better way. Surely that's a better way. And so I think for us in living out our Christian lives as followers of Jesus in our day-to-day lives is we pull from him. We don't pull from ourselves. And so by pulling from him, we can then let his love and his goodness and his mercy then reach out to other people. Now, if we've got a view of God, it is very condemning. If we've got a view of God that is very teacher-orientated, not that there's anything wrong with teachers, Mr. Sir Fontaine or any other teachers here. Teachers are amazing. But I mean a teacher in a lifestyle perspective. And we don't have a view of a father, then what we're going to do is we're going to correct people as if they are doing right and wrong by the law by the curriculum, if you like. There's a certain curriculum that us Christians love to you know, remind people of. But as a father or a mother, it's completely different grid. We then look at the world and say, hey, there's a son or a daughter that are lost. They're lost. And Jesus told the story about the lost prodigal son, didn't he? He didn't throw the law and the curriculum of all the different wrong things that the son had done. He was waiting for him in love, waiting and waiting. And then when he came home, he poured out love all over him. And this is where love is so much more powerful. And and I think this is the challenge for even fighting politically and standing for what is good and godly and right is that our message must be headlined in love headlined in love because who can argue with that i know people will people will argue because people will argue about anything but jesus surely he showed us the greatest model in this matthew chapter six now this is a prayer that i'm sure many of you have prayed many many times i'm going to just take out verse 10 Jesus, on teaching the disciples how to pray, remember, this is sort of his, his method of praying, if you ever want to template. He says, your kingdom come, our Father, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, the interesting thing, when I was re-looking at this, and this is just maybe one of my bents as well, I, I like to look at it and I think, what, what does your kingdom come mean? Your kingdom come. And if you think about that for a minute, it'll probably have different you know, uh, directions for each of us because we have a different interpretation or a different understanding. But what does it really mean for God's kingdom to actually come? 
Now, this is Jesus teaching them to pray like this, or regularly pray like this. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. And then I went to Matthew chapter 3, and I was reminded, I think it was John John the Baptist, he said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. So this is just a little bit before this. John the Baptist, who was the precursor to Jesus, he was saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is very close. It's, It's near. And then what happens? Jesus comes with a new message, with a new covenant, with an understanding of the kingdom like no one had. So John the Baptist is here, the precursor to Jesus, the prophet to proclaiming the Messiah coming. Jesus comes and then he says, now pray, your kingdom come. It's, a, it's almost a command. So what, in what it's saying here is John the Baptist was saying that repent because the kingdom is near knowing that Jesus is coming. Then Jesus, come, Jesus comes not much later and he says, pray to your Father in heaven, your kingdom come, your will be done. Jesus brought the kingdom. Jesus established the kingdom. And in doing that, He then gave us some keys as how to live in the natural and in the spiritual both at the same time. Because this, this I find, is a real quandary in life. Do you know what I mean? If you, if you go to work tomorrow, maybe, you know, in your different, you, maybe you work in an environment where there's different offices or cubicles around you. If you sit there and just speak in tongues over that person <laughs> while you're having coffee and they've just asked you how was your weekend... It may not really mean much to them. They may go and get the HR manager and say, hey, uh, who'd you hire? (laughs) But Jesus lived the kingdom of God. But maybe in that person telling you about their weekend, all of a sudden, instead of having a a hyper-spiritual filter where everything has to come out looking like church to them, it comes out looking like the kingdom to them. And all of a sudden, they, they hear something from you, like um, Linda and Kylie and Ryan were sharing this morning. We cannot force church on people. We've, we've had a great um, last few weeks in, in, um, um, out with our neighbors, actually, and just sharing the love of Jesus more and more with them. And the last thing, you know, we've both even, Karen and I said to each other, you know, it's you know, we're, we're conscious of making it too churchy. Do you know what I mean? And it's not that we don't want to invite people to church. We want to do that. And actually, we're planning on some ways, uh, again, for next year um, of... Karen's giving me the nod, so I'm going to release this now, you know. Um, but we want to have next year, once a month, Sundays specifically focused on where we can invite anyone we know to the Sunday and you know it's going to be an evangelism message it's going to be a clear gospel message with an with an older call for response and so this is some of the strategies that God's giving us um, to to take ground for the kingdom of God now we could do it any any way and every church has got their different ways and they're not wrong or right they're just the way they choose to express it but this is something we've felt for next year to do so that you guys and and us as a family we we are intentional we know okay that Sunday is going to be a great day to invite my neighbors and we invite them and we're just going to love on people we're going to go for it in hospitality bless them you know fill them with sugar and all sorts of things um but 
for us, that's being intentional with the kingdom of God. If we just try and sort of absorb people and, and hope they, they come along, you know, uh, and maybe some will and some do, and that's great, sometimes we can miss an opportunity, and that's what we don't want to do. And so speaking the language of the kingdom is not necessarily prophesying. Speaking the language of the kingdom is not even necessarily um, praying for them or doing any of these really, really good things to do. All of those things are right to do. Speaking the language of the kingdom may be just showing them that need. They've got listening to them, like shutting our mouths, which is so hard to do sometimes, isn't it? But just listening to their need, listening to their heart. We did this recently with someone who came to us and they're an unbeliever and, and, and I think, you know, they would have talked for a good hour and I just made sure that I didn't talk too much because the kingdom of God for them looked like someone listening to them. It didn't look like someone prophesying over them, as good as that might have been. But learning to carry the kingdom in every dimension, every single one of us has a completely spiritual fingerprint different to the person next to us we cannot compare ourselves we cannot try and be like that person we must find our own dna in the kingdom our own language and it looks different for every single person and some some are called to do it in big realms small realms wide it completely you know maybe in a totally secular environment uh, that that you know some of us would just be scared to go into and that's good if that's the kingdom for you go for it Go for it. Don't let religion or law or man or people judge you because of that. Because that's what they did to Jesus. It's exactly what they did to Jesus. And I know, you know, growing up in church, it can be very easy to be contained or boxed in or, or think that you can only do it uh, in a certain way to, to gain God's approval. The kingdom of God is a language that you need to speak. When, um, when we have those situations where maybe we just don't know what to do and maybe the natural realm is completely overwhelming, it's overwhelming, it's too much to even fathom or doing anything spiritual now or trying to sort of do anything for Jesus. Maybe you're tired, maybe you're weary, maybe you've had roadblock after roadblock after roadblock. I want to encourage you. This is something that I have in 40 years of Christianity... I've never really realized it. I'm sure people have preached amazing sermons on this. But I want to just highlight something that even Jesus Christ, the Messiah, did. And this is not a joke. This is actual, literal. This week I went through and I went, wow. I've got four, at least four occurrences where Jesus Christ himself, the Son of God, who performed signs, wonders, and miracles, and did you know, incredible things, and our Savior and our Redeemer. I've got at least four occurrences where he was repeatedly filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, you may have thought that about that before, but this hit me, and I thought, if Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Redeemer, the Son of God, needs to be filled at least four times in six chapters of Scripture. 
And remember, in Scripture, we are only told of a very, very, very small amount of things that Jesus did and said, and the miracles and the signs and wonders and the power and all of that great stuff. It, it, it actually says in Scripture it would fill volumes and volumes and volumes if we wrote down everything Jesus did. So can you imagine what we don't know? It's just like almost a temptation, isn't it? It's like, wouldn't you love to get that book? Now that would be a bestseller. The things you didn't know Jesus did. I mean, it would really, that would really sell well. In Luke chapter 3, Jesus was baptized. Holy Spirit comes down and fills him. Luke chapter 4 verse 1, he goes into the desert filled with the Spirit. Luke chapter 4 14, he comes out of the desert, goes back into Galilee filled with the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 10 21, Jesus filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit began speaking to the disciples. It's four times. If Jesus needs to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit, how much more then do we? Ephesians 5.18, you walked under these words as you came in this morning. You may not know it, but they're the words you walked under this morning. Ephesians 5.18, go on being filled with the Holy Spirit or continually be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, you might think, well, we've heard that message a thousand times and we've been prayed for a thousand times. I want to just break that open just for a couple of minutes because I think this is an interesting thing. I think that 20, the last 20 odd years in renewal revival movements, we have been great at receiving. We've been really good at receiving and it's been right and honorable and it's been ordained by God and he's poured out his spirit wonderfully and we would never, ever, ever turn back. But there's something that when a believer receives from Jesus Christ, him or herself, it doesn't matter whether it's now after the service, or tomorrow morning, or maybe tonight, or out of, completely out of this realm. When the kingdom of God is so real to you in your daily life that you get filled with the Holy Spirit then and there, then I believe the kingdom will infiltrate through our natural realm. The spiritual realm infiltrates through the natural realm and has an impact. But this is a thing that I've actually learned it takes discipline. It takes some hunger. It takes feeding off other people. Sometimes when, when I might be a bit down, you know, I, I need to hang around people who, who have got, a, you know, got some energy that I need. And that lifts, lifts me up. And this is how the body works so well together. We encourage one another. We lift each other up. We see the best in another person and speak that out over them. And straight away it stirs something up in us. And so I want to encourage you today that if Jesus needed to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit, you need to be, and I need to be. And no wonder I'm dry. No wonder I'm not enjoying work anymore. No wonder I'm not enjoying study. No wonder I have no vision. I'm not being continually filled with the Holy Spirit, the advocate. That's what the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, the word in Greek is paraclete. It means the one who comes alongside of us like a parachute. It's the same thing. 
And when Holy Spirit comes alongside of us, we begin to hear differently, see differently, understand differently. We even begin to look at things differently. We look at our sickness differently. Why? Because then we remember all things. We are more than conquerors. Through him, not through us. We can't heal ourselves, but he can. We can't do anything maybe to resolve that situation, but he can. And so that's why we need to be continually filled. Not so that we just have some nice spiritual time of a high, but so that we can release the kingdom of God through us, through humanity. They need to see it. Yeah. Give him a round of applause. Go on. Thank you, Jesus. Romans 8, 9 says, You, however, are are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. What does it look like for someone to be controlled by the Spirit? Now, I bet 95% of you, including me, think of a radical person who's, who's manifesting wildly in the Spirit at a conference. We're never told Jesus did that. And yet he was continually filled with the Spirit. That is just the froth. The depth of the kingdom is what comes out then during the week. How do they talk? How do they walk? How's their relationships with other people? How do they handle offense? How do they handle criticism? How do they handle the Word of God? How do they handle themselves in those situations? That's the kingdom of God. The, the plugging in of the light socket doesn't really mean anything. It's what the light projects that means something. And this is what we need even in river and revival circles is the encounter is the plugging in. It's what comes out that really makes the difference. It's good. It's good. I didn't, I didn't get that. It sounded like a burp to me. <laughs> I want to finish with this. Luke ten nineteen. This is a passage that I have gone over hundreds, if not thousands of times in my own head. And it's Jesus when he's releasing the disciples for some of their first ministry. And um, he's preparing them and he's, he, he's sending them out. He's giving them a, um, actually, you know, <laughs> he's giving them a Joel Osteen, you know, faith message here, right? And he says to them, Luke 10, 19, he says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome, now listen to this, All the power of the enemy, nothing will harm you. All the power of the enemy. That means sickness. That means depression. That means people who have no answer. That means people who do not know what to do with their life. That means people who are confused, messed up, on drugs, drinking too much alcohol or whatever it might be. You have authority over all of that power. All of that power. I mean, that's like something you could chew on. All month, isn't it? Just that verse. You might want to throw that up on the fridge this week. I have given you authority. These are Jesus' words to his disciples. And his disciples became us. So he's saying it to us. I have given you authority 
I'm going to shorten it. To overcome all the power of the enemy, nothing will harm you. Even if you die, you're going to get a promotion. That's my little addition. <laughs> nothing will harm you. What are we worried about? And I know there's things we need to be careful, and I don't, I'm not just saying radical things just to be stupid. But at the end of the day, we need to know whose authority we walk in. And when we know whose authority we walk in as a son or a daughter of the Most High, there is no, there is no power that can take us down. There's nothing that can tread on us that he can't overcome. I know we might try. We might try in our own strength. But it's him that overcomes, not us. Let's stand this morning. Lord, we thank you that you have overcome all the works of the enemy. Every single power and principality that the enemy has set up in this realm, you supersede that with your authority, with your blood, with your righteousness. We are justified, we are cleansed, and we are empowered by that truth and that truth alone. And so today, we take authority as your people. And you might want to do this with me. Take authority over situations, circumstances, sicknesses, doubts, fears, depression, insecurity, every single thing that is of the enemy. You have authority over it. Jesus has given you authority over it. Not me, not any other preacher, but Jesus Christ himself, your Redeemer, your Savior, your Healer, has given you authority over every single one of those things. Take hold of it today. Grab hold of it. You might need to this week get a boxing bag or do something like we've done and get a bit serious about this. Take hold of those things And cast them aside with the victory of the blood of Jesus. So Jesus, we stand in your victory today. Not our victory, but your victory. We stand in your authority, not anyone else's. And we ask, Lord, as you taught us to pray, that your kingdom would come in us. That your will would be done in us. And Lord, we pray for a fresh a fresh impartation of your Holy Spirit. Not just so that we can shake, rattle and roll and do a, do a thing, but Lord, so that your kingdom would be displayed in us. The power of the kingdom of God would be released in us and through us. Lord, I ask even today, you might want to lift your hands. I just want to pray for impartation today corporately. I ask today, Lord, that you would release a new level of the kingdom, maturity in the kingdom of God like never before over us as your family, as, as your house. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would breathe a fresh unction of power and of authority and of life and that wherever we go, Lord Jesus, we will carry your authority. We won't carry our weakness and our orphanness, but we'll walk as a son and a daughter in a fresh authority, a fresh understanding, a fresh anointing, a fresh anointing, fresh fire, a fresh holiness that sin would not be okay anymore. That manifesting on Sunday and then walking in sin is not okay. It's not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is holiness. 
righteousness, joy in the Holy Spirit. I pray for a Monday anointing, not a Sunday anointing. I pray for a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I pray for a sinner's anointing to be equipped for those who don't know you, Jesus. Lord, I pray for an awakening, for an awakening, for an awakening even to be released in us, in us before the city. Change us, shape us, mold us, Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray that for not just a spiritual high, but for the kingdom of God to so fill us that we will be filled with Jesus Christ, that we will talk like Him, walk like Him. We won't be offended by that person anymore, that we will be so wrapped up in Your heart, in sonship, in Your love. It doesn't matter what someone else thinks of us. Take us to a new level of maturity in the kingdom, Lord. Take us to a new level. I want to pray for those who specifically this last week or even month have had a heaviness, uh, almost even a tangible heaviness. I just feel there's some chain breaking that's going to happen this morning, and I want to pray for that. So maybe physically or maybe just in your your mind, um, but there's been specific heaviness, weariness, depression, doubts, fears, insecurities, these sorts of things that have really tried to come at you in the last month. And... uh, Jesus, I proclaim your victory and your blood over every single person that has walked forward this morning. I speak the blood of Jesus over each one, the victory of the blood of Jesus, that you in them will overcome everything the enemy has thrown at them. Everything the enemy has thrown at them is null and void today in the blood of Jesus. Null and void today in the blood of Jesus. If you're standing, still standing out there, just stretch your hand to these guys. And as a family, we stand with, with each one of you. And as a family, anything can happen. It's so powerful. It's so powerful. It's so powerful. Every chain breaks today of depression, of fear, of anxiety, of darkness, of confusion. Every chain of the enemy I take authority over right now. And I command to go in Jesus' name right off these people now. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus sets you free. The blood of Jesus sets you free. The blood of Jesus sets you free.